Welcome to the Power of Showing Up podcast brought to you by Ray's Foundation, the experts in youth mentoring. My name is Dan Davis and I'm the host of this podcast and a program counselor at Ray's. And today I'm joined by another fellow program counselor. Her name is Heidi Ford. And today we're going to be talking about the importance of starting meaningful conversations with teens. And in this episode, you will learn some practical tips on how to start and even maintain these conversations with teens. You'll gain some insights into why this is such an important process to develop, and you will also learn about resources and websites that can empower you to start having these meaningful conversations. Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about meaningful conversations with teens. And, you know, I know know how challenging it can be for parents and, you know, even people at school to kind of have those open conversations uh, with teens in particular. So, Why are meaningful conversations or just conversations in general with youth, why are they so important? Well, Daniel, conversations are the way that we build strong, connected relationships with people. So when we share ideas and feelings and experiences, this all comes together to help us get to know each other, to build trust with each other and to get that sense of feeling understood and important. And for parents and children, it works in exactly the same way. So talking to your child is a key way that we get to strengthen our relationship with them, to understand what's going on in their lives, and also to help them make sense of everything that's happening. And this is important all through their lives, but obviously gets more important in adolescence when they become more and more independent from us. Yeah, 100%. And the thing that I've noticed when I've interacted with parents is they kind of have some barriers potentially around how to actually start that conversation. And, and it kind of comes across that they're worried about how they frame it or if, you know, their teen might get a little bit offended by it or might shut down around it. So do you have some kind of ideas of, of how to actually start a conversation without getting those reactive states from the teen? Yeah, well, I mean, ideally you start conversations, meaningful conversations early and often. So ideally talking about important or difficult things would be part of your relationship with your child from an early age, which just makes it easier to continue this. But even in the best relationship, when a child approaches adolescence, it just seems to throw challenges up in keeping that conversation going. So for the first time, parents might find that they do start to really wonder what to say and how to say it to get their teenager talking. So some tips that I would suggest firstly is to make time you've got to set up opportunities for you to talk to your team and this might be while you're sharing a meal or driving them places but you actually do need that time and space you can't just force a conversation into a five minute window that you happen to have um, available to you you need to have lots of opportunities for the conversation to happen it's also important that you don't just wait for your teen to come to you when there is an issue because the point is they may not come to you. You need to raise issues yourself so that they know that you're willing to talk if they ever want to. And then pick your time to raise things. So although it's tempting to raise it when you've been alerted to something and you're worried about something or they've just reacted in a way that's upset you, ideally the time would be at a time when everyone is calm and relaxed, when you'd naturally be 
together rather than setting up some stressful meeting to talk about things. A lot of parents would already know that any of those side-by-side -side activities that you do, like going for a walk or driving in a car, is just ideal because you get rid of the stress of staring at each other over a table. And then when you do try and start the conversation going, using open-ended questions to give them the space to actually answer something more than, than a grunt <laughs> and allowing the silences. Um, it's really tempting um, when you're talking to a teenager who's not giving you much to turn things into an interrogation. You ask a question, there's not much response, so you fire more and more questions at them to try and get a response. We've all been guilty of it and you know you're doing it but you don't know how to stop. One way to stop is to actually let there be a bit of silence there for a time. Let there be some uncomfortable silence that maybe elicits some more from them. It also can be useful if they're not responding much is to share something relevant from your own life or experience uh, that they can listen to rather than having another question fired at them. No, I think you've touched on some really, really important things there. And I think it's just almost human nature for us to kind of want to jump in and, and, and like fix it or ask another question. But, you know, I think one of the things that I've been very aware of um, through doing uh, program counseling with Ray's as well is, you know, some some teens, some adolescents, they actually have a different rate of processing. It can take them longer potentially to process. And if you're going to barrage, you know, kind of, barrage them with different questions and try to get the same response in a different way like it doesn't actually allow them to sit and process and that's obviously where that silence comes in and becomes a really valuable thing um, but I also think it's really important what you mentioned um, right at the beginning there about making sure that you are regulated so instead of feeling like well I need to talk about this thing I'm stressed what happens if something's wrong at school and you feel like you have to address it then and there when you're potentially heightened or you're potentially angry or frustrated you know, teenagers and people in general are very attuned to other people. So they're going to pick up on that frustration and potentially going to shut down because they feel attacked in that case. So I think it's really important, like you said, to sometimes just have the space, take take time, you know, sleep on it before you actually sit and talk to them about it. And um, like you said, those side-by-side -side activities, especially when you're out in nature or doing something, that forces you to regulate yourself. You know, it forces you to just be present, um, which it potentially could really help the conversation flow more. Yeah, and you can you can set up those situations. I know my mum, since I became an adult, has told me that she used to engineer it so that she would take one of us when she went to go pick up something. So she'd have one of us in the car at a time in order to set up the situation to get some conversation going. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so for people out there who you know, potentially have already tried this in the past and it didn't work for them the first or the second time and they've just kind of gone back to their old old ways potentially. Do you have some advice for people um, who potentially are falling into the trap of going back to their previous way? How, how can they encourage these meaningful conversations? Is there any other kind of tips or thoughts you have around that? The first tip is to try again. Just don't be put off if your teenager isn't responding to your efforts to engage. Don't get annoyed. Don't get push them too far. If it's not coming, it's not coming at the moment. Just let it go and let them know that you're there if they want to talk to you at some point. There are many more days that you can try again. And talking about the days, it can be really useful to set aside a time each day 
to try and talk to your team. Use the open-ended questions, um, engaging with them for a, a certain time each day, not even necessarily about difficult uh, issues, but just about issues in generally. Sitting, sitting around the kitchen table, asking someone what they would want in their life in an ideal world. What would your perfect day look like? Can actually elicit some great information on a lighter, uh, more conversational level, but actually would give you some insights into what sort of things are going on in their lives and what's important to them. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's one of the potential problems with like a parent teen role where the parent kind of comes across as someone who's the assertive character who's trying to get something from the teen. And like I said before, you know, like teenagers can pick up on that and they're potentially going to disassociate or shut down. And I think maybe what you're alluding to there is is giving some autonomy to the teens and, and allowing them to actually have a voice and go, you know, tell me about what your dream day would look like. It allows them to potentially be open and creative and explore those ideas in a non-judgmental space, which in turn will potentially foster um, those those harder or I guess more challenging conversations at a later date. Yeah, you need the you need the lighter conversation in order to get the harder conversation. And yeah. another tip for a teenager who doesn't want to talk, I've also found, is if there's not if there's no conversation that's going to be happening, but you believe something's going on, you know, in their friendship circle, say, even just conversationally sharing your own experiences you know I remember when I felt excluded by my friends at school it felt like this that and the other and they still may not give you anything back but they've got ears they're hearing what you've got to say they know you're more than just an ancient adult that once you had some of these experiences too and I wouldn't be ever expecting when I've done that with teenagers that I work with I don't expect them to suddenly turn around and go, oh, my goodness, you understand. Let me tell you everything. But it sits in their head for next time. Yeah. That maybe this person they're talking to, if they had the courage to open up, maybe they could understand a little bit of what's going on. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's something that I keep reminding myself as well, like just the power of disclosure, like regardless if it's, you know, your own teen or whether you're working with teens that's the one thing I remind myself, like, why, why should they open up to me if they know nothing about me? You know, if I'm this figure who's coming into a school and I'm asking them potentially some challenging questions, and this could extend to, you know, parents or family or, or anyone in the community, you know, of course, you're going to be a bit resistant to share something if, if something hasn't been shared or you don't really even have an insight into this person, you're going to share something very, you know, personal um, with, with this other person. So, I think disclosure is such a powerful tool as well, like you said, that I think um, that can potentially really help in the long run. But like you said, you definitely or most likely won't get that response straight away. You know, just because you've shared something, they're not going to go, oh, well, let me tell you about my things. You know, it might take them a while, but you've modeled the, the fact that it's okay to be vulnerable and share these things openly. Yeah, definitely. To have that continual conversation going or to have a dialogue going between you and your team can sometimes be the challenging part. Um, do you have any ideas around how to continue the conversation or actually keep it going once you've started the steps? Yeah, so how you respond is really important in trying to keep that conversation going. So it's really important that the parent is calm, non-judgmental, no matter what 
might be revealed and really genuinely curious about what that teenager has to say. So whatever a teenager is telling you about is what they want you to hear now. It's at this point in time, it's not whether you agree with it, not whether you think it's important, it's what is important to them right now. And you need to genuinely want to stop everything else and hear what they've got to say. You need to acknowledge and validate their thoughts and feelings. It doesn't matter if once you're an adult, a 14-year-old relationship seems pretty insignificant and if your boyfriend dumped you, really doesn't matter. It matters to them right now and you need to hear it to the extent that it matters to them. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to accept everything that the teenager says is true, but you just can't minimise it because it's important to them. And it's important that they know that whatever they are feeling is okay. I think a really important thing for parents um, is to remember that the whole goal here is not to solve the problem. As a parent, all you want to do is fix things for your child and make them happy. But the key is to listen rather than just talk. So at Raise, when we're talking with our mentees, we rarely come up with neat little solutions to their problems. Uh, I'd love to say we did, but most of the time we don't. 95% of the time, I reckon, what we do is just listen, just really listen. And that's because fixing problems can only happen once you really understand what's going on for someone and also that person feels understood. And then lots of times there is no simple, nice little solution to the problem. It's just that it will get better from the person having felt heard and understood and securing that relationship. So I think it's really crucial that parents remember that most likely their teenager is opening up so that they're heard, not so that you swoop in and try and fix everything. Yeah. So for people out there, whether, you know, teens, parents, people in schools or the community um, who might want to start Try, trying to foster or encourage some some meaningful conversations with youth, um, where would you suggest people going to? Like, Do you have any resources or ideas of, of where people can go to? Well, there's lots of resources on the internet about talking to teens because it's such an issue for virtually all parents. I really like the Better Health Channel website, which is supported by the Victorian government. Um, it's just got some great general advice. But if someone is wanting something a bit more than your fact sheet type thing, um, one of the telephone services like Parentline, which operates in all the states and territories, uh, different phone numbers, but operates most places, uh, it can be really useful to actually be able to have a, a conversation, something a bit more than just a fact sheet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially because different people have ways of uh, different ways of... I guess, consuming information and, and sometimes fact sheets come across a little bit cold almost. So I think that's really good that there's a helpline out there as well for people to reach out. Um, so thank you firstly for joining us on the podcast. Um, but do you have, just before we round this out, do you have any other thoughts or anything else that we've potentially missed here? Anything else that you'd like to share? Uh, one thing that does bring to mind, I although we're talking about conversations and I'm a big advocate for talking to teenagers. 
Um, I think it's also important to remember that there's a lot that can be gained without an actual conversation. So there's a lot of teenagers that go, are going to be more comfortable talking over different media rather than face-to-face, -face, so through text message or Snapchat, and there's no reason why that can't be incredibly valuable. I know my 13-year-old has taken really well to communicating with me periodically through a journal type thing where she writes in this book, puts it on my bedside table so I know to read it, and then I get to write a response. And she's just found that a lot easier than talking to me directly. And it actually has the advantage for me of giving me a bit of time and space to formulate what I actually want to say to her. And then she also gets the advantage of um, being able to reread what I said to let it sink in a little bit more. Even if someone's not willing to talk, spending time enjoying, enjoying an activity together, taking an interest in the things that they, they like to do, going to watch them play their sport or their music or whatever, are all ways to remind a teenager that you care, even if at the moment they can't or they won't open up to you about stuff. Yeah, that's so important. And, and I think another thing as well on top of that is recognising that certain, every single behaviour that anyone does, but especially any behavior that, that a teen does is a way of them trying to communicate. And potentially it might not make sense. Like you said, slamming the door that comes across as potentially an aggressive act, but there's so much to that. You know, there could be so many reasons why they're doing that and they're trying to communicate something through an action. Um, and I think, like you said, there, it's really important to recognize that not trying to go to the default of, well, we can talk this out or we can try to fix it. And that sometimes it is just those little um, sentiments, those little things that we can do to kind of show people in our life, but especially teens as well, you know, that we're there and we care for them and that whenever they're ready, we will be there for them. You know, it's, it's putting that open invitation for them to come whenever they're ready. We're not going to force you, but whenever you're ready, we're here. I think that's really important. Thanks for joining me today for the Power of Showing Up podcast brought to you by Ray's Foundation, the experts in youth mentoring. Want to hear more about Youth Matters? then subscribe today so you are always up to date with our latest episodes. If you like this episode, then feel free to share it with a friend or leave us a review. We'll see you in the next episode.